There was an idea. Virgil and Fiona know this. Called the Marvel Cinematic Universe Marathon Rewatch. The idea was to bring together a group of remarkable people that haven't seen any MCU movies yet and one lame obsessed fan to see if they become something more, to see if they could work together when we needed them to, to discuss the movies that we never could or did years ago. Fiona, Virgil, and Elliot are marvelously late. Iron Man. <laughs> so we're moving on to Iron Man? Shit. Well, I was just going to say the only person I don't feel like that I truly just can detest is Iron Man. The whole time, Virgil? The, so here's my things that were a little bit of... I, God, I don't know where to begin. It's I have so many complex feelings about Tony Stark. Like He's such a dick. And the first movie was good. But then by the like third Iron Man movie... Like, his thing is always terrorists, just like how Captain America's thing is always Hydra, which is Nazis. And, you know, like, they all have their, like, tropes that they're always fighting against. And mm-hmm. I, that got, like, just old to me by the third Iron Man or whatever. And I was just like, God, Jesus Christ. Like, <laughs> you just don't like that subject like, matter to, to like, it's just like about. It's just, like, such a, it's just like a beating a dead horse. It's just like, fine, you did in the first movie. What year was that? 2008, I believe. Yeah, okay, fine. Still, like, socially relevant, yada, yada, yada. But it's, like, do we need to, like, keep harping on this? Like, I feel like it just sort of keeps painting that portrayal of, like... Of what? Of, like, Islamophobia. You know, like, it just, oh. it's, like, f- feeds into that by, like, re-bringing us up to in, in such a huge zeitgeist way to keep, mm. like... I feel like it's just such a shitty thing to kind of do like i'm so sick of the terrorist trope like it's so annoying yeah it's problematic but but yeah. i don't know how i feel i'm not trying to defend islamophobia here but 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 it's <laughs> but it's, it is revealed that it wasn't the 10 rings as the big bad it was his mentor obadiah stain and all that he was the one running the show no i, I think know. like one one like redeeming thing was cool. that one guy who was um like held prisoner with him who helped him and then you see like it's not just you know the west against the east it's you know like within that region and it's within the western region of obadiah versus stark and it's like you know i it it would have been worse if they didn't have that guy in there with him to say like you know his family was killed and um, he also helps him escape and builds the the first suit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that character is great. It was really sad when he died. He, um, oh, what's he his name? 
Lions. I forget. Fiona, have you seen all? You haven't seen all three, but no, I saw it. Um, the first two. Okay. Okay. I'm curious um, for your thoughts on three. That'll be it'll be an interesting. Yeah, one. I don't know. Like I, so I'll this take notes. is probably my favorite of the Iron Man's. Three. Um, the first one. Oh, the first one. Back to the first one. Um, uh, yeah. I think this was this was really. I like the second one better. Do you really? What? Yeah. Do you like Iron Man two better? Which, because which can I tell you why? <laughs> because sure. in the first one. Had it just been the first one, I would have kind of been along the lines of Virgil of like, I don't like his character. I'm not really like into, he's such a womanizer. And like, it's just like, they show the worst side of him, which is the point. But in the second one, you see that start to break down. And I really love the tension of like him, him knowing that he's probably going to die from um, the poisoning in his blood. Um, and he, and like, you watch him unravel, you know, he starts to act out, he's acting all erratic, he's like self-sabotaging. And to me, that's interesting. I like watching that. Like, he, he's struggling, he's like struggling with his mortality. Plus, oh my God. Struggling with his mortality. He's always fucking struggling. Yeah, the the villain. What was it? What? Mickey Rourke, Whiplash. Mickey fucking Rourke. (laughs) Oh, That was amazing. <laughs> I, want, I love when he was like, that whip! <laughs> so awesome. He's got laser whips. How cool. Is yeah, that? I know. Oh, I want I my bird. Where is I my bird? My oh, and his execution was just worst. like, he just like sank into that character so naturally. It was just like nonchalant. Just like, I agree. Oh my! Oh, yeah. God. And Mickey Rourke, famous crazy person, like he's yeah. out of his mind. You know? I shouldn't say, but, this, but you know, he's he's a wild, wild dude. It was perfect. And and I what's his it. face in that too? Was in that too? The 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 bad Sam guy. Rockwell. Yeah, Sam. I freaking love. And him. he dances. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's got to dance in every movie. So Sam Rockwell. Oh yeah. yeah, he looks like um, he's like he Gary him. Oldman's doppelganger. Like. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Oh, they, I guess they do kind of look a little. Kinda, like. And they have like kind of a similar that. like unhinged energy. Like they both kind of yeah. like do that sort of shtick. He was a yeah. dick too, that character. I hated that guy. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, I know you I seem thought... to you seem to take it personally when these characters like are are assholes. Like they're they <laughs> really do. awful assholes. Well, I, I'm fine with that. But Tony's like, he just Why would he do that to Pepper? I, I yeah. honestly but that's his thing. Like get so rude. He the one thing he never gets over is his fucking self. And yeah. I and I just I can't I can't take it. I can't take that's it. That's the point though. Would it be like start... I can't take yeah. it. I hate him. I hate his guts. There's no need for him to do any number of the things that he's done. But would it be more or less realistic if he, as an entitled rich asshole, became self-aware and like suddenly became like a good guy in that way? I feel like it's more true to his character for him to stay an asshole. But but that's the thing though. Like that's character development. That's growth. Like it would have been one, like that's why I think I also like the first movie. It's like it would have been one thing if he kind of, got over that in the first movie but it's like the second movie comes around and he's still struggling with the same bullshit and then here comes the third movie and the avengers and all the adam and it's the same same story every time i'm tony stark i think i'm god and that's the end of the story and nobody can tell me what's right or wrong and it's just like uh get over yourself like i and it oh just and i can't like i don't want to there's so many other things i want to say but i don't think you haven't got to all these other parts yet but 
it just gets to this point where it's just like i don't care dude well, I think the, like the, the thing that makes the difference to me is whether the movie buys into it or not. And I feel like because the movie kind of lets the audience in on the fact that he's an asshole rather than like glorifying his asshole qualities is a distinction that is worth noting, you know? I think Iron Man 1 is about redemption and, and, and Iron Man 2 is about uh, literal toxicity and addiction. And mm-hmm. Iron Man 3, when you get to it, is about mental health and PTSD, which is kind of awesome. Um, But Tony Stark, the character seems to think he's constantly proving himself right. But we as the viewers see him constantly being proven wrong. And I think that's kind of the idea there. Like, like when we get to civil war, it's like he's, he's trying to atone for the violence of the Avengers and the, and the, and all this, but but we're, we're kind of meant to be team cap, which is like, no, we have to do what we have to do. And, but Iron Man's trying to, to forgive himself. And I but think I was work. texting you too during that movie is that it's not that I don't think anybody disagrees necessarily with what he has to say. Like I, that, and I think that's what annoys me so much is that he gets to this point where he just always thinks he's so right that he doesn't even want to have those conversations anymore. And those, to me, that's the interesting part. Like, those would be the conversations I want to hear. Like, I want, I don't want to, you're right, he does delve into like PTSD and like mental health issues, and, but they don't, they also really don't, like, because he keeps going back to them. It's like, it's, it's they address them without actually addressing them. You know, like, they're not actually showing a person in a healthy realistic way coming out of those situations he just to me keeps going into a deeper and deeper hole of like like his vision just keeps narrowing and narrowing and narrowing into this like pinpoint that he he cannot be challenged and i think that that's fucked up like to me he's like almost just as bad as every other villain in the movies like i that like if we're gonna like he just doesn't grow like the growth to me is the interesting part and he never grows well okay and it's just uh, i don't know to me and it just feels like lazy like lazy writing can i <laughs> you can know i, I want to bring up the thing that i mentioned in our chat conversation which is the and to like keep bringing it up okay. as like the only interview that i watched with stanley um and I just thought it was so great of giving, giving context to the creation of Iron Man, which is that, you know, like in the 70s, when he, I think it was the 70s when he, when he was being written, but oh, Vietnam. Vietnam? Yeah. And I'm not sure if it was like specifically to start off with this villainous character, but it was definitely a deliberate um, knowing that people would hate him like he knew that people would hate this character as a weapons manufacturer. Um, a war profiteer. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I think part of the, um, like the purpose of creating such a character was to kind of um, show a little bit of growth or like show how, how a villainous character can serve good, which is like a moral um, like gray area of like, how do you categorize this person if like, their actual persona is super flawed and villainous, but they 
might fight for the greater good or like be on the side of morality in certain ways, where do you draw the line? You know, like it sort of makes you question those kind of intricacies, you know, like we think that things are black and white, but there's all this gray area. You could have this person who's super shitty, but if he donates his money or like funds the cause for justice and, you know, takes part in this like war with the Avengers, or I mean, I don't know how he ties into it later. Um, how do you then categorize him on the moral spectrum? So I can see, at I mean, the bottom. <laughs> Where okay. the bottom. I guess is. it is that clear. Okay. Oh man. <laughs> it's just I think I agree and I actually do think that's super interesting thinking about that too, the idea of like when he was created and you know during the time of war and his whole war profiteering thing. They and I feel like they do a decent job of addressing a lot of that in those movies. Like you see that kind of time and time again, like people being killed and there's a stark something you know the name is clearly there yep yep yep, yep. <clears throat> um we could i mean like even in current times like look at biden right now well, no totally you know like <laughs> i mean he just he just bombed um Syri- syria right yeah oh, geez, and yeah. He's, he's not my favorite person either though but contextually oh, no. <laughs> like, well, what, what if you, what if you had a cool red suit though <laughs> <laughs> i mean you could point to like good things and like um, relatively speaking, he's better than you know what we just came from, fucking Trump. But <laughs> um, there, there's always going to be these complexities of like you pick and choose your battles, and th- like where we can get some good policies out of Biden, and he's better than this other situation. But he's not perfect, and there's plenty that you could say against him. And same thing would go with like any politician, you know, like there's going to be shit that sucks about them. And it's really just about like, what are your priorities? You're never going to get the perfect situation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that they do do these movies do do a good job. <laughs> do do. Um, of exploring <laughs> the great areas. Um you said dude you <laughs> You beat me to the joke. I was muted. I would have said the exact same thing. <laughs> Doo-doo. Oh, I wonder fucking child. I wondered why we didn't hear like a <laughs> I don't know. Just there's so many things that he does. And it's also it's the and the other thing I will say too is I do feel like the the way in which I've watched all these movies has really affected affected me like seeing them all like bam 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 it it made some of these things my critiques i think so much more glaring had i watched these like a normal human being with like time in between i maybe (laughs) wouldn't have been like stuck on some of these things but it's it was just like a lot like he's just a lot to me like i just and he never he never fucking learns and i just i really i really don't like Tony Stark again Robert Downey Jr. amazing like perfect oh. actor for like amazing but I hate I fucking hate Tony Stark I hate, I hate and I have to say I have to bring up too that I had such a big crush on him in Ally McBeal he was like one of my childhood crushes <laughs> was he on Ally McBeal yeah yeah <laughs> he was not for the whole wow. time yeah 
he, just for a few episodes yeah, she dated him. Yeah, but like yeah. his fucking like off the cuff um just sense of humor and like his wit like the quick one-liners that he that he does yeah his movies are generally like, this guy is yeah he, he, yeah he's so quick um and you forget too like in 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 08 like robert downey jr was not the 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 superstar he now is because of this redemption arc that he had as an yeah. actor mm-hmm. like he was that guy was you know yeah he was, like, he, was he was out of the, he was out of the scene for a long ass time yeah and it was considerably was like, difficult to work with and like yeah. and all this and he was kind he was of like, like in and out blacklisted. Of oh yeah. yeah all through the 80s he was just gone and then like so it was a huge risk for marvel to hire the dude they wanted like fucking tom cruise or whatever the hell but oh. favreau oh i'm so glad that they didn't do tom cruise oh right oh, like, you want a five three iron man <laughs> <laughs> but um Fa- favreau uh directed iron man and um and i think it helped helped steer the story ship okay i did not realize he was such a good director he like i've seen him in a few things and he's like yeah he okay is an actor but the director i think He's an amazing director. I remember he also... when he was on Friends. Do you remember those episodes oh, when he dated maybe. Monica on Friends? No, I don't. <laughs> like the rich guy. Yeah, is that like after Swingers came out or whatever? Um, yeah. I think the guy is kind of incredible because he's like, he's like, um, let's make a. He's like, I'm gonna make a superhero movie, and he makes Iron Man, which launches one of the most successful franchises ever. He's like, I'm gonna make a Christmas movie. He makes Elf, which is an instant like classic. <laughs> I had no idea that he did Elf. That's hilarious. He, he, and he's like, uh, I think I'm gonna work on a Star Wars project. Makes the Mandalorian and like yeah. saves uh, the fucking Mandalorian like, is the shit. Like the guy, his content and he's like amazing. If you count the all the MCU, then he might be the most like uh, uh, lucrative creator on the fucking planet. Wow. Have you watched all those behind the scenes wow. episodes of The Mandalorian? <laughs> no, I'm actually like way, way behind on Mandalorian. I don't uh, I don't watch it. I, I, I really want to. I haven't seen I it. Yeah, get, you, oh. you should, you should, everybody should watch it first of all. Oh, that'll be like my segment because if you guys have seen it, I haven't seen it. So I, I, what I really want to do is get baked and watch the, all of it. <laughs> well, also, can you tell, tell me about like, I want to know what Elliot has as a reason why he loves the Marvel stuff so much because we didn't we was <laughs> was that, that Virgil Snake? Virgil like I don't really care about that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Or we could not do that. <laughs> that is not, that is not what I meant. But sure, yeah, no, um, I do want to hear the story as well. But I'm gonna guess it's gonna be more childhood related. Like he's gonna have a deeper. Don't say he. I'm in the room with you. <laughs> Are you like making fan theories on Elliot's? Um, <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. You kind of. There's not a story be, here. It's not. A, it's there's no story. I think. I think the reason why Elliot likes the Marvel stories. Is- <laughs> 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 um. Well. Uh, Your origin story. Oof. Well, I ended up in this cave, right? And okay, no. Um. Uh, well, you know, as a kid, you know, I was way into the comic books. I was also a, another, an X-Men fan. I'd read a lot of those comics and, you know, watched that cartoon show and all that. Like, I, and I like all the, you know, I like a genre flick, you know, this way, so you know, watched, you know, fucking Star Wars and Alien and Predator and all that stuff. Like, I just, I'm into it. And then, you know, I really dug on, you know, superheroes like X-Men, Spider-Man, you know, Fantastic Four, stuff like that. Uh, 
and then these these movies you know they were coming out like in like the 90s and stuff there's all these in the early aughts like shitty stuff like well i mean like and cool stuff like blade came out and oh, and yeah. like and then the sam raimi spider-man's like spider-man 2 is dope but then I like the third those, one's awful those movies the third one was the, weird. yeah the third one's a bomber but um and like but then, like i i sort of you know i gathered this massive respect for these these this um modern american mythology like i texted my sister this big thing like years ago when she was sitting down to watch the avengers the first one like uh for the first time i said just remember that these characters are our modern myths and legends they are the cave paintings that will be found on american yeah. the, on the on the walls of the american culture caves you know and erica and said I, I said this to lauren when she was gonna watch them oh <laughs> <laughs> that would and, uh, i like how you questioned whether it was tim that said it because it is quite profound <laughs> no i just wanted to get the picture right in my head i was like that would have been a different thing if erica was like took her younger brother aside these are the modern um mythology stories anyway continue sorry <laughs> so I, I have this you know this real i don't know i guess defensive respect for these these this side the idea of a superhero um I don't even know if I like that term superhero, but like, but uh, these characters, like this idea. And, and it's, I think it's interesting because like from a cultural perspective, a cultural perspective, you know, these, these stories were, you know, birthed out of, uh, you know, cultural anguish or trauma. We wanted a solution to something. So they're kind of our ideals. Like the idealism is so rich and like these characters are what we, wish we were what we wish we could be it's that mm-hmm. you know it's it's escapism for you know young boys and all this um and, and of course everyone else but like uh um this is what we w- wish this is what we want to be and wish we wish we were like this you know i want to be captain america so goddamn bad i or i'll settle for him being my father that's fine too like <laughs> and, and and i mean chris evans not but not the character. I mean, Chris. Yeah. He could call, I, I'd call him dad. You better Dude, believe. Like, tush, I always say tushy alert. Like you, the first time you see him in almost all the movies, it's like a back shot, and his butt is very clearly defined. <laughs> well, they call him like the they call him the human Dorito because his shoulders are so wide and his waist is like twenty four inches. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, he's. I didn't look for his butt though. I, now I will next time I see him. How could you not? I'm oh, happy America for sure. Absolute oversight. He's a he's a, he's a dream. But but the, I was I was a big Marvel fan because the, the other option was like DC and the the problem with DC stuff. So Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, is that except for maybe Batman, the characters are kind of boring. Like they don't because they don't have enough problems. Like like yeah. Iron Man, Tony Stark, for as as annoying as he can be the character is just inherently more interesting because he's so fucked up and flawed and such a dick. If Clark Kent was a dick, it'd be way more interesting, but he's not. He's just like, he's just a God amongst men walking around and like stopping things with his fucking, you know, eyeballs and stuff. And like Wonder Woman is like an interesting character, I guess, but she's still kind of, you know, empty and uh, boring. And I don't know. She's not born out of struggle. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. They don't have these struggles. I mean, Batman is like the one exception, but there's like, you know, like Green Lantern and all this stuff. It's like, ugh, they're overpowered and like they're just not that interesting of characters. What Stan yeah. Lee was trying to do and like Jack Kirby and all that crew, like, it's like, what if all these superheroes had problems? Like Peter Parker's constantly like losing 
losing his job and he's broke all the time. He's never going to get the girl. And like, and like, uh, you know, Iron Man's a fucking alcoholic. Ant-Man in the comic books is a fucking monster. Like, like beat his wife and all this shit. It's fucked up. Wait, who like, did you in, say the, in the last one? <laughs> in the books, Ant-Man's like a real, a real piece of work. But um, <sighs> that's just what makes those the are, characters. Have you watched, have you watched those yet, Fiona? The Ant-Man? No, and I have like really no idea what to expect from those either. Oh, I suspect okay. you'll love them. Yeah. Well, Paul Rudd is awesome. Yeah, Paul I mean, Rudd. Probably just hurt. for that Oh my alone. God. Can yeah, we he's great. Just, oh, Paul Rudd appreciation. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Those are definitely two of the better movies, I feel like. I love I actually, them. like, They're I didn't think, good. aside from Paul Rudd, I was like, his, the story seems honestly just simply based on the name alone i think i mentally swore it off like that's just like sounds silly and weird i don't know well i think with Amman, it's like we have so much i kept thinking like it was i was hoping it was not going to be i kept thinking about remember the tick remember that horrible like show and oh movie? yeah i saw the cartoon like i was expecting it to be like sort of camp like yeah. that which i wasn't huh. looking forward to but it's it's Can you give me like a like a summary of what to expect without like spoiling mm-hmm. it? Because I just have no idea anything mm-hmm. about that movie or character. Um, it does a lot of explaining. Like it, yeah, yeah it's like an origin story. It is of of what though? Of Ant Man. Well, yeah. <laughs> Paul. Paul. <laughs> what do you mean of what? It's literally the title. Yeah. But... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> elevator pitch paul rudd plays uh plays scott lang who is a thief he's a you know hacker and you know a cat burglar and all this and he ends up in jail and he gets out and is and he's got a daughter and and his you know ex-wife is remarried and he, the guy's a dick and then like um and so he's trying to redeem himself it's another kind of redemption arc and so he like ends up at a shitty job at like Baskin Robbins, which is hilarious. Um, and then they fire him because they find out his criminal criminal record. So he ends up getting pulled back into the the you know this world of crime and robs this dude named Hank Pym, and he happens to steal a suit that has the the power to shrink. So he can oh. shrink him. He can shrink himself down to almost any size. I actually oh. can't wait to talk about this movie because I have a. I have a lot of nitpicky questions about the physics of that movie, but we'll get there after Fiona's. I've got questions about the physics of it because it's really, it's kind of confusing. Because it's like, you do have to kind of like, I feel like there's a lot of that grain of salt kind of suspension of reality that you just kind of have to like, kind of let go of some of these things and just trust that you don't understand. Well, even with like Iron Man's adaptation, adaptation of his suit and how it like, becomes part of his like cellular structure or something like how he can have the suitcase suit oh, oh like how it like, changes suit. yeah i don't know oh <laughs> back going back to captain america the first one because i just had to make a comment about how i love retro futurism where like yeah. um like the idea uh-huh. of the future from the past uh-huh. perspective and so you get this like super high-tech shit but like the clunky like old heavy metal bits and stuff like yeah, yeah like yeah. vintage motorcycles with these like crazy like, i love blue, that blue blue lasers on them yeah but yeah. Like, it looks Amazing. it just looks kind of shitty you know but i but, love <laughs> it have you Amazing. watched are you a um avatar airbender fan the last airbender 
I saw the the it. Legends of Korra, like the series they do after that, is all it's all that like steampunk retro futurism. Oh, cool! Like the whole thing is that look. It's really cool. It's totally, I, I, it I never cool. got into that. I've heard it's like one of the best shows ever. Like Korra or Avatar. I guess both. Like the whole mythology uh, I heard is really cool. Yeah, Avatar. I did a very similar situation. I had a similar experience that, that I did with the Marvels. I, like I had heard about it so much. And I just and then you sat down and watched all of it. I, yeah, I benched it in like a week. <laughs> what is your deal, man? Oh my God. <laughs> you have a problem, Virgil. <laughs> you gotta come I, up for air. Man. Or you just have incredible stamina um, and we should all be jealous. Yeah, oh, maybe. Yeah. There's one thing I can do. It's sit on the couch. <laughs> like, oh. <and> <laughs> I was imagining it just like mental commitment. Like, I have to. Oh, know. it's I like. To, this is a task that I'm taking well, on. That is exactly I how fail. I felt this. I was not expecting this to happen. <laughs> um, but wait, I do want to go back to Iron Man. And there is somebody else I would like to talk about when we brought up John Favreau. Happy. Can we talk about Happy? He is um, that character is somebody else that was a little bit annoying. He eggs on a lot of that machismo shit that Stark puts out. And it really kind of, it was a bummer for me because I do love John Favreau so much. Which one was Happy? John Favreau's character? Yeah, that's John Favreau. Uh, Iron Man's, you know, yeah. uh, bodyguard. His, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Buddy, you know. His yeah. driver. Mm-hmm. His driver, yeah. Um, um, I, yeah, he's almost playing himself like John Favreau yeah. from like from like swingers and you know that like <laughs> well and there's a reason like they're in Vegas all the damn time and all this like like because I think you know Favreau's like well I'll make this movie for you but it's got to be Robert Downey Jr. and we have to have a few scenes in Vegas because I want to hang out with Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> yes let's let's take Robert Downey Jr. at that time frame to Vegas. Oh yeah, yeah exactly. good idea. Yeah, Absolutely. great. Yeah. Hey, can we put you around all this horrific shit that would really <laughs> yeah. fuck you up? All the stuff you're supposed to be staying away from right now. Did you see um there, there's that uh David Letterman show on Netflix, My Next Guest is or whatever? Mm. And um uh, Robert Downey Jr. was on one episode and it was fucking awesome. Cause like Letterman asks him about addiction and stuff, and, and he and you can see RDJ kind of bristle like fuck every goddamn interview like he's and he's kind of sick of it and doesn't like talk about it because that's a dark chapter right and 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 then but then david letterman's like well you know i'm an alcoholic too and, and then he kind of lights up he's like wait oh. really can we talk about it then like because you know it wasn't letterman being like remember that remember that yeah. couple decades where you fucked everything up it was right. more like i fucked everything up for a few decades myself like wh- how'd you get and he's like how'd you get out of it he's like well um i met my wife and and she met two different people. There was there was me and the monster, and uh, she fell in love with the one guy and kicked the other out. <laughs> Which is fucking beautiful. I think that's like just that's a awesome. glorious thing. Yeah. Also, I love that he brought that up about himself being an alcoholic because, and in this whole culture of like, I'm just really loving this kind of cultural shift to just being like really open with mental struggles and addiction struggles and like character flaws and everything like that. I think our generation is killing it as far as um, like being open about like going to therapy and like having depression and all this shit. And it's about defeating that stigma, right? Like, um, I think because it like, it doesn't, there's no need to have it be like a hush hush issue. Like that that's gotten a lot of people in a lot of trouble. Like, cause you know, in the stigma about, you know, mental health and, 
mm-hmm. getting help is especially for what well, I don't want to say too much, but like for men, it's even diff- more difficult because for sure the whole hey, <laughs> no, hey bro, true. suck it up thing is like such a poisonous idea, you know? Right. Like not talking about our feelings or anything. Yeah, yeah. Suck it up, buttercup. Maybe if Tony Stark talked about his feelings a little more, he would have never invented Ultron. Maybe so. (laughs) Also, also critique about critique about Iron Man two, because I have this thing about okay. So I love action movies, um, and I love like fighting shit. Like martial arts movies are some of my favorites, um, but I hate. When they do that thing where they have like the battlefield, like the good guys surrounded by these bad guys, and it you just like so in that scene where all the iron like the um, knockoff Iron Man suits come like crashing down uh-huh. at the end, but when they fight them, they're just like pow, dead, pow, knocked off, pow. They're just like you know, oh. like not each person that they're fighting is an actual fight they just knock them down and it's kind of like in power rangers when the putties show up and you're just like, <laughs> no putties <laughs> no there's a uh, you're, you're bummed out by the like power level discrepancy between the minions and army yeah like i would rather have there be fewer bad guys and each fight be significant because then you could feel the tension you're like then you like the chore the choreography of each fight would be more interesting rather than like pa knock him down you know no, like, you're right you know, um, it's just it's I lazy it's like, a di- it's like a different kind of fight scene you know what i mean there's so many different like ways a fight scene can go you there's know? a laziness though in choreographing scenes with good guys and multiple bad guys i don't know about that because it's those sorts of scenes are meant to kind of show the grand odds that they're facing you know it's not ever just one guy that they're fighting it's always going to be like a million of them so i think that yeah, but that are- i mean showing the gravity of the situation mm-hmm. yeah i i understand like the weight of the um the portrayal of that moment but that's when choreographers get lazy and when the fight scenes stop being interesting to me because like i mean i want to watch attention in a fight and you get that more like more effectively when one character is fighting another when like there's when there's yeah i see i see what you're saying you're it's like it's kind of like what you're talking about is like you would much rather watch like the scene from the matrix when neo learns how to fight with morpheus when it's just the two of them and they have this long like amazing beautifully choreographed kind of Fine. Yeah, I, I see what you're getting at, and I I do agree that those so they they build have up more tension, but I don't yeah. need every fight to have that. I think if every fight was that, then those I do kind of, I need that. I I think yeah. it makes it more special to get those fights when not every fight is just like that. You so know if I mean? like yes, but if they set up that scene with all these um, like high capacity Iron Man knockoff suits surrounding them. And then all of, and then when they actually come to the fight itself, they're defeated so easily. Then to me, that's like a false setup. It, like there, there are no yeah. stakes. Yeah, yeah the stakes are kind of like insignificant. Like they okay. sort of like undermine themselves in the seriousness that they set up for that moment. That's fair. There's like a trope in these superhero movies, especially in the Marvel uh, cinematic universe, where like you know all the big fights. There's this like a there's 
all of a sudden there's thousands of these, you know, faceless, you know, like, you know, stupid robot aliens, you know, like, like in Avengers, it's the Chitari who are these like sort of synthesoid aliens and like, but if you blow up the mothership, they all just die. So you don't have to feel bad about them, like being slaughtered in the streets of New York by the Avengers. <laughs> um, and then like in, in Age of Ultron, like, well, Ultron's the big bad, but oh, right. He can duplicate himself. And so there's now there's thousands of Ultrons. So they can, yeah. and it's just so the third act can show all the Avengers fighting, you know, a few people at least. Yeah. But you're right. If they're all like weakly powered, then like what, what's... What's the point? The point? These lemmings that are just getting That's mowed down by Iron right. Man. Just show fewer of them and make the fights more significant. <sighs> yeah, I'm with yeah, you. Yeah, I could get behind that, I guess. Okay. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>